The talk you're about to listen to is a presentation of Penn State Crew. To find out more about Penn State Crew or to find more talks, music, and videos, check out PennStateCrew.org. Yes, so glad you guys are here. So tonight, um, we're going to do things a little different, obviously, because it's our first virtual crew. Um, Tom's going to open the word with us and... Um, I'm going to ask us some questions during breakout times to like process some things because I think a lot of us have been experiencing this week just coming from all different places. I've really genuinely loved uh, the crew, the living on a prayer group me, um, just how you guys are so vulnerable and awesome, just really processing with each other things that are happening with your families, parents, losing jobs parents, friends having cancer, um, just really hard life things that are happening. Um, so I appreciate your vulnerability and I'd love to give us an opportunity even while we're virtual just to process and to think through some of these things. This chat button is up to 17 already. So let me just, uh, oh. I'm just so excited. Maybe next week we can unmute everybody because me just talking to myself is so depressing. Just saying. Um, but I'll interpret all your beautiful smiles as just great things because you guys are gorgeous. Um, okay. So yes. Yeah, so that's where we're going tonight. Um, let me think. Is I supposed to want to say anything else? Oh, let me just share briefly. Um, so I was with the group that went to PCB, um, and we came back, we found actually, I know, woo! it was epic. It was epic. Oh, anyway, it was so good. We see, we saw God do so many fun things and we were so encouraged and we just bonded as a fun little group. And it was great. Um, God was sweet, very kind. Uh, but when we, we found out that everything was closed on Thursday, everyone went out sharing on the beach and then everybody came back. And that's when all of our phones were blowing up with the emails from Penn State and how we're not coming back two weeks. It might be longer. We don't know. Um, and it was good, I think, for us to connect as the group of 25 students and then our staff team got to connect afterwards. And then when we got back home over the weekend, and just throughout this week, things have just been progressively getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, and I think for the VersaPut home, at least for me, I've been wrestling with just a lot of disappointment. I had things, some of you know, I was going to go on sabbatical on this upcoming Monday, and I was very excited to go. Um, but I'm no longer going. That's postponed. Um, wrestling through just a few things through a different trips that I had planned in April. Um, we had like an end of the year cohort gathering um, or end of semester gathering in May. Um, our summer mission, Kelly Boland and I, where is she on my little square? There she is. We just had such a sweet time praying and just being together on Friday or Monday over FaceTime, uh, just being real, just the tears. I mean, we thought this was going to, be our summer and it's not God had different plans um so for me just so you know oh I see Chantel hi <gasps> sorry <laughs> hi um for me I'm working through how as a believer do you process 
with the Lord disappointment? Like, just how do you do that? Um, I want to be honest with him. I know he's good. I know he's with me. Uh, but there's certain things where I feel like he was leading me to. Um, and yes, everything just sort of got turned around. And I don't know if I was tempted to believe that it wasn't from the Lord in the beginning. Like, did I make a mistake? I felt like he's been comforting me in the sense of like, this is where I want you to go. But my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts and my plans are not your thoughts and plans. So I've just been just to like be real and in the sake of Corona bubble that we're in right now, I think um, that's just where I've been at. And like, yeah, I had a good cry with our staff team today, which was good. Um, but yeah, so today it feels long cause we're just here and um, I'm an extrovert. So you just know other extroverts know how that's going for us right now introverts are probably like in heaven this is heaven on earth for them right now um yeah there we go see so it's good god blesses us he he just blesses us either way um but yes we so tonight tom i'm gonna pass it off to tom he's gonna lead us in some time in the word and then we're gonna get back together and just process through some questions together awesome all right um am i unmuted I can't tell. Okay, because I lost me. I see Jeremy laughing his head off because he's got the awesome backgrounds. And Courtney as well. She's at Stonehenge. Nice, nice little touch. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to talk with you guys tonight, hang out. Um, if I know a bunch of you have already found the, the chat button. Um, I want to try to do this a little bit, um, a little bit interactive ask you some questions. So I, I figured we kick off. Um, I want to ask you, what are you guys currently binge watching <clears throat> while you're stuck at home? What are the things you're, uh, yeah, what are the things you're watching at the moment? Um, just see how that goes. A hundred humans. All right. Yeah. Joe, Joe and I actually watched a couple episodes of that. It's not really good science, but it's a lot of fun. Um, CNN. Psych, better call song. Ooh, Amanda's getting through the office. That's a bunch of fun. Nice. A lot of news. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been watching a lot of news myself. There's some, certain websites I just keep going back to reloading. Court friends for the fiftieth time. Wow, wow, that's a lot of times. Jumanji, not March Madness. That's true, Rebecca. Oh, man. Cool, cool. Okay, so I'm going to be asking a couple questions just to see how it works, you know, um, to see if it works to be a little more interactive, even though, you know, if we unmuted all of you, that would actually not be, <laughs> that would be just a clash of sounds. <laughs> Maybe for two seconds, that would be awesome. Um, but we're going to try this out. Maybe get some feedback from you guys on... Uh, what are you doing, Michael Miller? I have no idea what you're doing. Oh, you're trapped in a box. That's what you're doing. Um, but we, we want to see how it works, what's happening, and then, uh, and then see what it can look like from the weeks on ahead. So what we're going to do tonight, um, if you, we want to do Q&A um, at some point. But the best way to do that, the only way really to do that is for you to um, 
text me your questions. Um, and then at the end, we'll maybe uh, field some of those, um, both related to what we're talking about tonight, anything uh, about the coronavirus or, you know, the movement um, going, going on ahead. So I just tossed my number in there if you hadn't had it already. Um, but as we, as we go through the night, you can go ahead and text in there. But as I ask questions, yeah, feel free to like enter things into the chat. So there's two things that I want us to go to the word and to look at tonight. Um, the first one is related to fear. Uh, there's a, a lot of fear going around at the moment, uh, anxiety, worry about, uh, the coronavirus. Uh, maybe you're personally not experiencing fear. Um, or maybe you had a wave of fear and now, you know, you're, you're all right. Some of you maybe aren't worried at all. You're not necessarily even in the, I'm not worried for myself, um, worried for um, other people, um, not necessarily in the target group where this is really bad. But we want to, I want to take us, uh, take some time to talk about that. But then second, what does it look like to do ministry now? And I want to give you a, a good work of thinking about that um, tonight. So. The first passage, actually, Michael Miller put this on um, on our group me, in is Matthew six. So um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and like find that um, or open up your your app, um, and and as you're finding that, um, Madeline just asked, where do we watch the recording of this? Um, I think actually um, we're gonna we're gonna grab the audio of tonight, and that'll be in our podcast. Um, the normal podcast. So the way we normally uh, do things. Um, but I, James may also have an alternative if we want to keep the videos. Um, but I, he's kind of running point as our um, Thursday night. He and Gabby running our Thursday nights. So um, he's been awesome, by the way, um, even setting this up and working through things. So thanks, James. All right. So Matthew 6. Um, this is a, a a pretty famous passage, um, but starting in verse 25, Jesus says this, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Um, let me go ahead and pray. And we'll dive in. Lord, we, uh, we thank you uh, for this group tonight, for everyone watching. Um, Lord, we, we thank you for this passage of scripture that you give us guidance, uh, even in how to navigate 
um, the things that are we're experiencing today. Uh, I pray that your spirit would be with us. We're thankful that you're a God who isn't just in one, one space in one place, but Lord, you are with each of us. Um, most of us who may be in state college, um, but Lord, the rest of us split uh, off in different directions. And so we ask for your spirit and we're thankful that you're intimate with each of us, uh, every, every place that we are. And we ask for your, your blessing tonight, uh, that your word would be preached, that we would be united as a community. We thank you um, again for all these things. Amen. All right. So um, I want to ask again, like type in an answer. So it, what is, what are we worried about today? Or what are the, the concerns of today? Um, in the passage, there were a couple things, right? Food, clothing, um, and, and a few other things. But what would you say in our current day, and you could get the obvious ones up there, right? Um, but think about what does our world, wor world worry about? Maybe even with coronavirus, different things that people are concerned with. Or generally, if you take coronavirus off the table, like rewind three weeks, four weeks ago, what would you say people are worried about? Yeah, right now, hand sanitizer, whether you have it or not. Does anybody have no hand sanitizer in their house? I don't have, I don't have any, none. Yeah, academics, that's right, grades. That, I remember that used to be such a worry of mine that I'd have, um, I would have repeated dreams. The dream that I'd have is I had a class, uh, the final is today. I wake up and the final's today, and for some reason I have never once been in the classroom, um, nor have I read the book. I, I know nothing, and I have six hours to learn everything I need, and my whole grade depends on it. Um, it was, it's terrifying. I even actually, a couple years after having my degree, that dream would show up again. Um, yeah. Yeah, jobs. Sounds like jobs is a lot. Parents' jobs. Nothing specific, just in general. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things to worry about. Um, in, in this passage, what Jesus is going after are the two very common basic needs, right? Food and clothing. You would need clothing um, in a different time periods to be able to, to live, to be able to um, uh, have the proper shelter. Uh, for a poor person, sometimes your clothing was all that you had um, for cold nights. Um, great. So in the passage, I want you to notice something. There is a word in there that shows up a handful of times. It's the word more or the phrase more than um, or um, more, much more. And the idea behind that phrase is Jesus, in this passage, what he's trying to showcase is there's all these examples and instances of I provide for these things, how much greater is it that I would care for you? Um, if you just scan through, there's a handful of times where that happens. Um, in verse 25, um, is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Essentially saying, hey, could you look up away from these basic needs that you might have or the basic concerns you might have? Your life is actually way more. Um, and if you spent most of your life just focusing on these needs, you'd be missing out on what life's all about. He talks about the birds. Uh, he talks about the, the grass and he, or the flowers. And he says, 
are you not worth much more than they? Again, a, an example of something lower or something you could gaze at and then a lifting up. Hey, I do this for the birds and I do this for the flowers. You, though, are way more valuable than they are. Um, so if you know I care for these things, man, you can know 100% that I care for you, that I love you, um, and, that, that I'm, and that I'm a part of what's going on. Um, so notice that in the passage, um, uh, a lot of our worry comes down to the question, do I trust my father? Do I have faith that my father cares for me? Um, and the answer that screams through this again and again is yes, yes, yes. Look at how he cares for this thing. Um, he 100% cares more. Hey, Natalie, glad you're here. That's awesome. Got some, uh, got some alum piping in, which is fantastic. Um, okay, another, another thing. So he talks about birds and flowers. Go ahead and write in the chat. Why, why do you think Jesus uses birds and flowers? What is he trying to teach with these real-life examples? Um, I'll give you a second to look at, look at him teaching that. This is, that'd be in verse, um, verses 26 all the way through um, verse 30. Go ahead and glance through that. Uh, he talks about, he, Jesus often likes to use real life examples. And maybe even when he was teaching this, there were literally flowers that he pointed to. Um, there was maybe a flower bed over here, or there were actual birds chirping, um, flying in the air, and and he's using these as object examples. Um, but yeah, why? What is his purpose, and what is he teaching? Um, does anyone have any thoughts? No thoughts. Is it just too obvious? Yeah, Kaz, you should not worry about trivial things, yeah, which is interesting. If you think about um, birds, no one, uh, no one actually goes and uh, intentionally makes sure that all the birds in the world um, are fed. Some people don't believe the birds are real. Um, you've seen that, it's great. Yeah, Amanda, they're temporary. They don't bear his image, right? And yet he cares about them. The hairs on your head. Isn't that amazing? He cares about the hairs on your head and knows, he knows when one of them falls. In fact, the sparrow, he knows each moment that one of them falls. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they grow, they're temporary, they're short term. And, and then at the same time, you know, they, they die away quickly. The flower is clothed for a moment, but you... You, in your nature of who you are, you are eternal. You were made in the image of God. Um, Amanda, you're pointing out such a, a beautiful thing. Um, and he cares about you way more than about birds, right? Way more than about flowers. Um, and I love that even when he said, talks about the flower, he, he compares the flower with Solomon, who was the richest king that there ever existed, who had the best clothes you would ever be able to put on, right? It's, I don't know what that would have looked like, silk or what, I don't, I don't like silk because it feels weird on the skin, but like whatever he had, right? It was one of the most magnificent, beautiful things. And what God says is um, a flower is clothed more beautifully than even King Solomon in the height of his glory. Um, and yet he's going to clothe us beautifully, which is awesome. 
Um, one of the things that this passage is building off of, it is an Old Testament idea. Israel, for 40 years, had to wander in the desert. And there is absolutely no other place that you could think of where food, sustenance, being able to live and survive, um, where that would be most difficult to do. And yet, God provided for the Israelites for 40 years in the desert, right? And what's interesting is when he provided, he only provided the needs of the day. Um, so there was this bread that would show up every morning, except for Sunday, and they couldn't store this manna, the, the bread that showed up. Um, they had to gather just what they needed for that day. And if they kept any of it to the next day, it rotted. It just, it, it was no good. It had maggots and worms. And like, even if you were hungry, you wouldn't want to eat it. And what God was trying to teach them is you can trust me for the needs of the day, right? Maybe today, you know, it's TP for the day, right? You got the toilet paper you need for the moment and he'll give you something different. You know, you'll have something. Maybe that's not the best analogy, but um, whatever your needs are, right? The Lord will, will provide daily what you need. Um, and part of the reason for that is we just easily forget that it's the Lord who provides. We forget that he's the one who gives things. And that's what I love actually about the time period that we're in now. If there's any silver lining, there, it's the fact that we have a, right now, we get to see that we are dependent on the Lord, that we need him to move that we need him um, to come and help us. And that's the reality, right? Is that um, that's true today, no more so than four weeks ago, right? We needed him as much then as we do now. We're just more aware of it at this moment. And that's actually really good for us to be aware of our need of him day by day. Uh, one more thing I want to point out in this passage is verse uh, 27, where Jesus says, who of you by being worried, can add a single hour to his life. Um, it, essentially saying, you know, uh, with all the worry that you could possibly do, it will produce nothing. It won't elongate your night life. It won't add anything um, to you. And I was really struck by, I don't know if you've seen the movie Bridges of Spies. Um, it was a Tom Hanks movie a handful of years ago. It's incredible. It's really good. The main, um, Tom Hanks, is defending a guy who's being sentenced to death. Um, it's pretty intense, but it's it's really well done. I checked to see if it was on Netflix for you guys to like, oh, you should go watch this movie afterwards, but it's not available. It's on uh, Amazon Prime for like three bucks to rent. Um, I'd say rent, it's good. It's, it's a really good movie. Um, but in it, this guy's being sentenced to death, but what's so bizarre as you watch the movie, he is not worried at all, um, not even for a little bit. And Tom Hanks's character is confused by that. Um, there's there's times when he asks him, like, Are, "Aren't you worried? Aren't you concerned?" Because his life is on the line. And the phrase that he keeps saying is, "Would it help?" is the response. And he says it at least three times. It may even be more. Would it help? And he was a he's asking that question. Um, if I were worried. Would it really change the circumstances? And the answer is no, it wouldn't change the circumstances. Um, and, and that's uh, that reminds me of what Jesus is saying here. Um, he knew that he could die. That was a very real thing. However, he also identified being worried about it didn't actually produce anything helpful 
um, for him. Uh, another line later in the, in the movie, uh, he says, I'm not afraid to die, Mr. Donovan, although it wouldn't be my first choice. Um, which I also thought was, was hilarious. His, his view was, I know that I could die. That's not what I want. Um, but he's had such a resolute um, embracing of what was going to happen um, and recognizing he couldn't change that. And I think um, we, we sometimes need that. Um, God, um, God will direct our lives in the midst of this, wherever you are. And um, you don't need to worry. It might be good to ask, would it help if I was worried? Or should I just proceed knowing God has a plan, something will happen? Um, I will say when I read Matthew 6, and I read this passage, there's part of me that's like, um, okay, you showed us the birds and you showed us the flowers. However, I've also seen what happens to humans, right? I've seen when you didn't provide, when you didn't, you know, show up and humans have died, right? And we're not talking about flowers and um, birds anymore. And it, it made me think, what is Jesus speaking about? Um, what does it look like? for us to trust this passage when we know that people do starve of, uh, do starve because they don't have enough food. Um, when there are people who don't have clothing, when they absolutely need it. Um, and I think this passage points us um, further beyond just food and clothing um, to Jesus himself. Because what he says is, um, the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. All these things that you think you need, you think need to be a part of your life, the Gentiles go and they seek it, but you, yourself, um, your heavenly father, trust that he knows what you need. Um, he knows exactly what you need. And what he has given us through Jesus, the part of the story that's unique and different, um, is that Jesus has given his very life for us. And his life does two things. One, it nourishes you to eternal life so that you never have to die eternally. And he does that by clothing you with righteousness. So the two things that the birds and the flowers do, God himself does. He knows what you need. You actually don't need food and you don't need clothing. What you need is his righteousness. What you need is his love poured out in your life. Um, and so Jesus comes as the bread of life broken for us, giving of himself so that we would be nourished in a way that we, that you would have been if you eat the tree of life, right? He is that tree of life. Um, he is that food. When you eat of it, you will never die again. He provides for us that, and he provides for us, right? Um, the, the flowers, they toil, they don't toil and spin to make their clothing. God just gifts it to them. And the same thing is true. Jesus, if you stand in Jesus, his righteousness, the beauty, the beauty of his righteousness is draped over you. You are cloaked in the most beautiful clothes you could ever think of wearing. That puts all other clothing to shame. You're clothed in his righteousness. And so um, it, when, as we're in the middle of some of these, uh, we, we wanted to encourage you with that. The other thing is, um, you might be wondering, well, how do I do ministry now? Uh, a handful of you are coming back from Panama City Beach, where you were interacting with students, right? You're interacting and sharing the gospel. Um, and in fact, the last couple of weeks on campus, it was so encouraging for us as a team to see you guys 
coming out with us and sharing your faith, um, taking those steps of faith to share with other people. That's exactly something you can't do right now, right? You're not going to go anywhere and like strike up conversations with random people. They will run away from you, right? It's now's not the time for that. So what does it look like now to do ministry? And I want to really briefly look at another passage. So flip to Acts. Um, Acts chapter one. We're going to take some cues from the early church here. In Acts chapter one, um, in verse six, man, that was loud. Did you guys hear that on my computer? All right, so anytime you text in a question, that thing's going to go off. I don't think there's anything I can do about that. Um, so in Acts chapter 1, this is the early church, and Jesus gives um, these words, starting in verse 6. So when they had come together, they were asking Jesus, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. This is, this is the mission statement for the church, um, for you, for me. It is to be a faithful witness. Now what's so, um, what's so awesome about that is um, that applies in a number of ways in a number of different situations, um, which I want to talk about. What does it mean for us today um, in the middle of what we're going through right now? Um, and what I want to show, show you is that God is in control of, what, of what's going on. So they were to, to be first witnesses in Jerusalem. And then from Jerusalem, it was supposed to spread out to Judea and Samaria. Those were like the local places and then to the ends of the, of the earth. We right now live in the ends of the earth, right? We're so far away from Israel. Um, you are the beneficiary of people following God's command, being led by the Spirit, and now being part of the kingdom of Christ. Um, but notice what happens in Acts chapter 8. So flip a couple pages back. It's the last passage we'll um, look at tonight. Um, so... This is right after Stephen is killed. He's martyred. They stone him to death. Terrible thing. Um, but what happens right after that, in verse um, 8, 1, starting halfway in the verse, actually, on that day, meaning the day that they put um, Stephen to death, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Notice what happened. Um, the blueprint was, hey, in Jerusalem, you'll be my witnesses. Then um, you'll be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. God uses great persecution to force his church, to move his church to places that they didn't think they'd be. Um, he kind of forces their hands using the events around us. And what I want us to think about is the reality that right now, you are probably in a place you didn't want to be, right? Um, yeah, you, you're not. And yet the Lord is behind what's happening, right? He moved the church to Judea and Samaria. It was part of his plan. He has you where you are right now as part of his plan. And I don't know what that is. Maybe it is. Some of you who are home, it's to be there for your family. It's to be there to reach out to those who are around you. Um, 
maybe it's because the Lord needed that, knew that you needed time personally to deal with something in your life. Um, but I do know this, he doesn't waste anything and he's sovereignly in control. So the question to ask is what is he doing in this moment? Um, I'm always struck by how the church responds through different times uh, in, in the past. So plagues would hit, right? Things would ravage the world. Um, and the church always stood as a faithful witness. So during the Roman Empire, um, and actually during many times in history, when plagues would hit, most of the time the government and the people would run away. They would get out, right? There's something ripping through everybody. Rather than caring for the poor, the sick, and the dying, they would just leave. But the church uniquely did something different. They stayed behind. They cared for those who were dying at the risk of getting sick. And many of them did get sick. They died. There's a, there's a couple of times where this happened very pointedly, um, where the church stood up and ran to um, the places where there was danger um, and where, where there was uh, the chance of dying. The only reason the church was able to do that is because they stood in the conviction that all they needed was Christ's righteousness, that they would live. Uh, even if they were to die, that wouldn't be such a terrible thing um, because they knew in Christ they would never truly die. They believed in his resurrection. Because they were freed up that way, they were willing to risk their lives, and many did, to um, reach out to those who were sick and dying. Now, little caveat to that, we can't just take that and be like, all right, we need to go like talk to everybody and do everything. Our, our context now is drastically different from those periods in the past. Um, it, back in the past, we didn't really have a hospital slash healthcare system that was set up with experts who know what they're doing and who know how to handle things, right? You don't want me coming to your house trying to fix you, right? Like I'm, I'm no Dr. House. I can't, I have no capacity to do that kind of thing. Um, we have experts who are able to do so. And not only that, but in, the, in our coronavirus, COVID-19 situation, um, our government is not running away. Our government is actually taking upon itself, how can we, they're, they're properly motivated. Um, they want to see help um, happen in how we can, care for those around us. So you want to keep those two things in mind for our situation now. Um, that doesn't mean the government's making all the right choices or all the right decisions. Um, uh, but uh, there's two things that I want to point out very practically. How can you love those around you? How can you be a faithful witness today? And I think the first one is social distancing. Um, taking the time, taking your cues from the government and, and again, you don't have to agree like, hey, the, I don't think this is the best way to approach it. That's fine. You can totally disagree, but it is, um, our government is trying to do uh, a good thing. There are statistics that show we can flatten out this curve, right? Um, and because the government is authority above us, um, agree or disagree, I think we can show love, care, be a witness for um, for Christ by listening to authority and as best as possible doing social distancing, right? Following the guidelines and helping, um, helping stop the spread of some. So that's the first, right? I think it would be to go in line with the government, 
while they're trying to do um, really not just our government, but the world's. Um, they're pointed in the right direction um, with, with good heart motivation, um, but we could do that. The second though, is to be creative and find new ways to care for others around you. Um, and it might be, you know, it might be calling your neighbors and seeing um, if they have any needs that they might have that you could, uh, that you could pursue with them. Um, I've been trying to figure out what does that look like, right? There were some international students. The problem is it feels like, um, it feels like everyone is mostly self-sufficient. So I've run down a lot of dead ends. So initially I contacted two people because there's a handful of international students that are here that I was wondering if they'd have housing. And I was like, hey, I can, we can maybe house some people um, maybe ha house a student or two at our house. Um, you know, maybe there's a need there. Um, I've contacted someone about, is there anything hospital-wise? I'm thinking, like, maybe I can help. Maybe there's some training or something that I can do where I can literally volunteer some hours at a local hospital. Um, uh, and even the other day, I uh, actually, that might have been this morning, we filled out a form um, helping you know the school district with transportation and or tutoring um but think about creative ways you can serve the needs of those around you i, I put out nextdoor.com as a website um that is a place where you can maybe see but you can, you can even throw up there hey here's um here's yeah i can help um if anyone needs help so yeah um any other ideas let me uh, it, i'm i want to know how i can help those around me but throw toss in some ideas um you might have and actually um, i'm noticing laurel's uh group me text that's awesome um thanks laurel for sending that out um but it's this kind of thing that that would be great if we could know the needs, if you are hanging around town, um, yeah, or, or doing something like that. This is exactly the kind of thing um, that'd be great. Yeah, Rachel, donating blood. Hospitals need a lot of blood right now. Oof, I hate giving blood. It makes me queasy. I'm, a, I'm like not a needles guy, but no, that could be, that could be a great. Um, yeah, sending cards to nursing homes. They are allowed to have visitations now, and I don't know how accessible internet is for them. Um, so even being able to send cards that can uh, that can do that kind of stuff, yeah. Have some kind of connection to humans, um, to other people, right? Great, yeah. Donate to Lions Pantry. I know um, donations are a huge thing um, for food, but yeah, keep, keep throwing them up there. Um, but yeah, those are the two things. Social distancing right now, I think we can we have a role to play in loving and caring um, for those by slowing down. I don't think the objective is to stop this virus, it's to slow it down so that most people can get the healthcare that they need. Um, but second, be creative. Maybe there are ways to run into danger or put yourself out there um, to care for those around you. Last night, my wife called Yvonne, um, an elderly, uh, neighbor of ours. And so, yeah, um, reach out to those around you, but I'll give it back to, to Hannah here. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Alrighty guys. Um, we're going to try 
this out. I think James has skill to put us all in groups. And is that right, James? Okay. He's going to do his thing. And then in our little group, there's two questions that I'd love for us to discuss. Well, guys, we hope that was a blessing. Hope you liked your group, your breakout group. We want to try to do something like that. Um, to be honest, I'm taking it like one day at a time. If you know anything about me, I like, I'm a planner. I'm a futuristic thinker. But I think ever since Corona, I'm like, I'm a three-hour trunk kind of girl now, right now. So even when we met as a staff, we like talked about, um, their, like our job descriptions and like what we're going to go after together. And then we talked about tonight and I'm like, we'll talk about tomorrow, tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, know that us as a staff team, um, we're here for you. So we're, you can call us, text us, FaceTime is my new friends. Um, we want to pray with you guys. I know Sam Smith. I just saw your reaction. Yes. FaceTime. Um, so we want to be here for you guys, but we also want to, um, I just want to say, I think I've been really impressed by how you guys have been leaning on each other, um, just by sharing your prayer requests and connecting virtually with one another. I know Casey, I literally, we were supposed to have dinner plans tonight and we had to cancel. So I was thinking of like, maybe we should do something virtual next week which would be, I know, a little weird, but we can make it fun. My new motto is the, my attitude about COVID-19 is literally going to make or break my life, you know? So not to have like rosy colored glasses about it, but if I like just embrace this new reality and trust the Lord moment by moment, I believe he's going to sustain, sustain me, sustain the joy, um, and just be in it together. So, um, I think that was it for tonight. Um, we're going to try again. Next. There's one question. Oh yeah. What's your question? Yeah. So, um, someone had sent in, can you talk about what it means to fear, to fear God, uh, instead of fearing the world slash COVID-19? Um, so I think I talked a little bit about fear in general, but you know, what does it mean to fear God? Um, uh, Abe actually right now is reading a book. I think the title's something along the lines of the uh, uh, fear of the Lord is wisdom. I think um, is the, is the title, but um, the, the reality is um, if you guys were with us at, at fall retreat, um, one of the things that Nick Nowak um, told us was that um, it's uh, you, you, the problem with fear is not fear itself. Fear is actually a good thing, um, but you want to fear the right thing. Um, and so, um, yeah, thanks, Abe. It is The Fear of the Lord is Wisdom, um, written by Tremper Longman. I'm assuming it's a great book because Tremper is an outstanding writer. Um, but the idea is don't fear things um, that are actually not ultimate things. Um, 
And the reality is it's God who we ought to fear. Um, and that word fear has built into it a number of concepts. One of them is awe. And another, another of them is actually literal fear, like um, where your knees shake, your teeth chatter, right? And you, you're actually terrified. Um, and when we actually begin to understand God's holiness and how incredible he is, there actually is a level of that um, that ought to happen to some degree. And that it only makes sense, right? Because if you, rec- if you realize that your very life is dependent on God, if he for a moment were to stop thinking about you, stop considering you, uh, your life would cease to exist, right? You would dissipate into nothingness or whatever, blip out of existence. Um, when you realize that someone has that kind of power in the world, uh, not only do you, are you awe-inspired, that's true, but then it, you're a little terrified um, of, of that. Um, but the beautiful thing is he loves us and cares for us. That's, what, that's the kind of love that dissipates that fear. Um, uh, but that, that is kind of the answer uh, to that question. Our fear of the Lord is wisdom. It overrides any other kind of fear that we could have in this world. Um, however much I fear, a number of things happening to me. Um, ultimately, it's the Lord um, that I'm called to fear. But um, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Hey, Alex, good to see you there. Um, yeah, so I want to let you know we're still thinking about what all is going to happen. Um, do Bible studies, will they continue? Is discipleship, those kinds of things. want to let you know we're still working on those things. You're going to hear um, relatively soon, student leaders uh, in the next couple days, and then slowly we'll let um, everyone know what things we're going to try to, what we're going to try to pull off. I'm assuming discipleship is going to happen to some degree, um, but uh, but just want to let you guys know, right? We're we're working on stuff. If you got ideas or you want to run point on some stuff, let us know. Um, but yeah, we love you guys and are excited to see what the Lord does in the next couple of days. The talk you have just listened to is a presentation of Penn State Crew. Crew is a community where the gospel captures hearts, transforms lives, and launches men and women into a lifelong adventure with Jesus Christ. To find out more about Penn State Crew or to find more talks, music, and videos, check out PennStateCrew.org. That's PennStateCRU.org. This talk is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial no derivative works 3.0 united states license you are free to copy and distribute this talk to others as long as you do not do it for commercial purposes or alter transform or build upon this talk in any way